0: John Lim here we're moving forward with episode 379 continuing our writer series I'm super excited because I've got a returning guest Dr. Deborah Gilboa Dr. G is returned to the show she's got a new book out and I'm really excited to talk to her about it how are you today I'm great, John. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, it's, it's great to have you back. And I'm doing video now. So we actually get to see each other the last time. I think we only did an audio podcast. But uh, Dr. G, congratulations. You've got a new book out. But before we get into that, share with our audience a little bit about who you are, what you do and where you're located.
1: Uh, I live in Pennsylvania in the United States, and I am a family doctor. I'm an MD, a medical doctor. And in the US, a family doctor is somebody who sees kids and grownups okay. and usually in family units. So I have families where I see the kids, the parents, the grandparents, and sometimes the great grandparents. Wow. I'm at a federally qualified health center. So we're seeing people who are under-resourced and people who have plenty of insurance and resources. We, in particular, were created to serve religious and culturally and linguistically underserved folks. So we see okay. a lot of refugees and immigrants.
0: Wow. Wow. I, that's absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm going to encourage our listeners to listen to our, our prior conversation where we talk a lot about your background. You were also a former actress, which I think is really cool. And we, we talked about that uh, on our prior we conversation. Did, we did. But Today, we're going to focus on your book. And can you share with our listeners, especially for our video viewers, uh, the the name of your book and what it's about? This,
1: this one I just happen to have right here. Yes. <laughs> it's called From Stressed to Resilient, The Guide to Handle More and Feel It Less.
0: And, and very timely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's never not a thing, but it is right. so much more a thing now.
0: And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've written uh, a book or two before, is that is that right?
1: I have written other books and I was focusing at the time on youth development and how as adults we can teach resilience to kids. And one of the things that happened for me in my professional journey is I had so many people saying, how can you ask me to teach something that I feel has completely slipped through my fingers for me? Okay. And I was seeing so many of my patients saying, boy, I don't I don't know how to handle everything that's coming at me. And in Madison we do this thing that's really singularly unhelpful which is we say hey stress is the new smoking you should stay away from it.
0: Oh my god. You gosh. can
1: abstain from smoking. It's not easy but it's possible. You cannot abstain from stress. Right. So it's not a useful model to say stress is poison just stay away from it or to have your doctor say that. And that was the dilemma that I really wanted to confront head on.
0: Okay, so Dr. G uh talk about um Why did you feel uh, it was important to put this in a book?
1: There's really two reasons. One, it is an absolute truth that as a subject matter expert or as a thought leader, people want to see that you have a book. So it's a credibility piece. It's basically Mm -hmm. like getting your own master's. Uh, You have to dive deeper. You have to clarify what you're trying to say. You have to separate it from what other people have said. But also physically having the book checks a box for a lot of people who are thinking about hiring you or listening to you. But the bigger reason for me is I am a family doctor. I'm not an emergency medicine doc. Although I thought about being one who does what, you know, who like sees people and then sends them off. Hope it went well, bye. I'm a family doctor. I'm about long-term relationship with people as they work towards wellness. And so I wanted both to develop a treatment plan with the people that I'm working with and to get follow-up, I wanted, follow-up visits. So one of the things that I love about solving that problem with a book is that at the end of each of the 10 sections of the book, there is an invitation and a QR code if you're on paper or a link if you're in the ebook that brings you back to my community online and gives you a free gift on that topic and asks you a question that we can engage about together and keeps us talking. So I can see what's working and what isn't. Yeah. That's what I do as a doctor and I didn't wanna lose that opportunity in this incredibly important work.
0: And let's talk a little bit about resilience. Uh, that is, a, I think, a, a big topic these days. However, I don't know that we see a lot of books aimed at this. So can you talk a little bit about why now was the right time? I mean, maybe self-evident, but why now is, is the right time for a book like this? And more importantly, why it's so needed?
1: So I think a lot about the analogy of stress to exercise Mm -hmm. and resilience to physical fitness. Okay, Go with me here. If I told you that walking up one flight of stairs to have this conversation in my house as a healthy person, I got a little out of breath. You might be too nice to say it, John, but you know what I need, right? If I want to walk, if I want to be able to walk up steps without feeling winded, I need to walk up some more darn steps because that's how our body builds fitness. If I want to be able, when You know, I hear that my kid is home from is coming off the bus and I want to run down to the bus stop to greet him. I've got to have done some running or that's going to end me (laughs) I'm not going to be able to make it all the way down to his bus stop. So if I want to be able to achieve greater with my physical health, I have to build my physical health through exercise. Well, if I want to achieve greater with my mental health and resilience unfortunately it's stress that will get me there but just like I could be injured or seriously damaged if I tried to run down the block or run a mile when I was already injured or when I wasn't trained up for it in the same way stress can totally overwhelm and damage us so being just a little bit more intentional about building that resilience during and before new stressors come up I'm much less likely to be totally overwhelmed and swept away when, not if, those stressors come along. Because we know in any life, stressors we can't avoid will come along. And, and this is the thing that bugged me about the medical view of it, stressors we choose Mm. will come along. We choose to apply for the job. We choose to try and write the book. We choose to get into the relationship. We choose to have kids. We choose to ask our parents to come live closer to us. And all of those are amazing, often admirable goals that come with a boatload of stress.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I was going to save this for later, but I I love where you're going with this. So share with our listeners, what were some of the most surprising things that you learned about stress and resilience working either with your patients or while you were writing this book?
1: So the first thing that came to me after lots of conversation and research with people is that we have this narrative in our society that it's adversity that we have to be able to navigate. That's why we need resilience, that's grit. The truth is our brains are suspicious of all change. Mm -hmm. All change causes stress. That's why I'm talking about these positive things like having a longed-for child or getting a longed-for and worked-for job or opportunity because our brains have a million functions but one job and that job is to keep us alive. Good news, we are currently alive. Mm -hmm. Bad news, our brains find all possible change suspect Mm -hmm. and drop stress hormones when we hear about any change, no matter how seemingly large or small, good or bad, expected or unexpected. So that was one thing that I found as a sort of obvious moment that clarified my thinking about resilience and about stress.
0: Okay. And that, I, I love that you're sharing that. And let's go back to your journey because you've had uh, just an amazing career journey. We talked about this in our prior conversation. You're obviously very busy. Uh, you've got uh, a very busy profession. You, you also have a full family life. Uh, so I want to ask this. Did you always want to write a book? No.
1: Oh gosh, I hate writing.
0: <laughs> I, hate, I seem to recall is, this from our prior conversation, but it, it is my least favorite promote. way of expressing
1: okay. myself. I, I have no words of wisdom for my kids when their language arts teachers are like, they don't really try it writing. I'm like, cause it's boring. And I don't <laughs> like it, which is exactly what my middle schoolers say too, even though I try to never say that around them. right? And so I absolutely didn't want to, but I wanted this method of communication with people who were thinking about this, working on it themselves. And this book, I, I'm going to be really clear with you right now, John. If you were to get my book, you would see you write more of it than I do.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Right? You are filling in and asking yourself tough questions and writing more of this book than I did because you're an expert in you. I'm not. Right. You're an expert in the change that you're facing. You're an expert in what works well for you, what you've tried before and what hasn't worked for you. I can't tell you those things, but I can, and this is what I do as a family doctor. I can ask the right questions and ask you more follow-up questions so that you can find what will help you in your current situation to make navigating change easier. The definition of resilience is the ability to navigate change and come through it the kind of person you want to be.
0: Oh, I, I love that. In fact, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. So you're already reading my mind. But let's go back to the writing process. I think yes. you're the only author I'm speaking to who said, you know what, I don't even like writing. <laughs> it's I don't not, like writing. It's not one of my big bucket list goals. So how so do you for
1: approach- your listeners who have decided to write a book and are feeling me. I'm not liking writing, right? This is not for people who are like, writing is my spiritual practice, writing is how I get to my truest self. None of those things are true for me. Writing does take discipline for me, but I also game it. I also get around it, not only by having my audience fill out more of the book than I wrote, because I did write four books before this, where that was not the case. Right. So, uh, so but I've always come at it in the same way. For one thing, I'm an avid reader. And in nonfiction books, I like little chunks. Okay. so i've been a millennial even though i'm not a millennial i've been a millennial for my whole life i want you to give me an idea respect me as a reader let me think about it and then move on to the next thing so i want chapters that are mm, three four or five pages long i do not want big thick long read it again try and figure out what in the world they mean kind of books so i approach my writing in the same way i outline the heck out of it Okay, and I break it down into the tiniest to do's for me. And then I give myself longer than I think I'm going to need to write it in my calendar. So that meaning like chat today, I'm going to write section two, exercise two and three. And I give myself three different chunks of time so that there's three hours and I can get interrupted because You alluded to this. I'm a single mom of four boys. I get interrupted a lot. They're teenagers now. So I don't necessarily get interrupted by like, he stole my fire truck, but I get interrupted constantly. And, and I want to be interrupted. I want to be connected to them. So I don't do, I write from 8am to noon. I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't even sleep for four hours at a time. I definitely am not going to write for four hours at a time, but I also give myself three one hour chunks so that when I finish both of those Four page exercises in an hour and 20 minutes, I feel like I won. Yeah. I feel like I get a gold star. I get time, you know, I get the the gift of time back in my calendar. I beat the clock. And so I play games with myself to get myself to just do it. And then I promise it to somebody else. I have, and I know you'd formally call this an accountability partner, but really it's me like texting my best friend who lives in another country and being like, you have to message me on Saturday and tell me something awesome about me if I meet this deadline and just like send me a wagging finger gif if I don't.
0: Wait, yeah. You know, you hit on something that I I, I actually, I want to ask, especially since writing is not something that you you That love, I adore. Yeah. That smart. you adore. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple things. First of all, I love the fact that your book is interactive because I think that is a different beast than writing a narrative form and maybe some of the prior books you've written. Was that challenging, writing a book where you're asking the reader to do a lot of the filling in the blanks or to to be an active participant, uh, especially on something as important as resilience?
1: The biggest challenge was to stay inclusive is okay. to get out of my own narrative, my own lane, my own bias, to see how would this be read by other people? And I bet it's the biggest failing in my book. I really tried to address it, but I'm sure I didn't do a fantastic job. I'm sure if you are you know, uh, totally different from me in age, gender, background, worldview, this isn't as smooth as if you're not. So I recognize that I tried to remove as much bias as I possibly could and Did not remove all the bias and i did try to get lots of other readers and people to try the exercises and tell me where i was missing the mark and i i'm sure i still didn't i'm sure i still did miss the mark in some ways that was i think the hardest thing about making it interactive so it's interactive in a positive way for somebody who isn't me
0: Mm -hmm. interesting and actually that goes to my next question so how do you write an interactive book do you do you sit down and just start writing or do you come up with the exercises? And I imagine you must have beta testers on the exercises themselves. In fact, I think you just alluded to that. Talk about the actual process of writing the book.
1: So I'm a to-do list person. So this is going to make sense to people who are to-do list. And I'm not, um, you know, plan the week's meals to-do list person. I'm the to-do list person that says, decide what to cook Monday. Is one item. Decide what to cook Tuesday is another item for dinner. I'm just talking about dinner. Decide what to cook Wednesday, decide what Thursday, decide what to cook Friday. Um, and then it also says make a list of ingredients from Monday, like you know, list of ingredients from Tuesday, list of ingredients from Wednesday, and put the ingredients from Monday on the shopping list, put the ingredients from Tuesday on the shopping list. Like I want to be able to check things off and I want to feel like I've accomplished something if I don't finish a really big task. So I do the exact same thing with my books. I first outlined the whole thing. I had the eight skills that make up resilience that I needed to teach in this book. This book is to spend one section, the introduction, explaining the science and the research so that you'll understand what resilience is, what stress is, why change, all change causes stress, tell stories and, and, and express my credibility and my authority so that you buy into it. And then say, and here are the eight skills, and this is how we figured out that these were the eight skills now. Here are eight sections, one for each skill. Okay. You decide. And then in the introduction, I take you through an activity where you figure out the change that is the reason you picked up this book, the stress that you're mm-hmm. facing. Which of these eight skills are you already pretty adept at? Which of these skills could you really use the most? And which one would help you the most with this particular problem you're facing now? Go to that section of the book. Don't do it in the order I wrote it. Do it in the order in which oh, it's most helpful to you.
0: Almost like uh, choose your adventure book. Choose your own adventure.
1: Exactly. So if you want to hit him with a fish, go to page 78. And if you're just going to jump off the boat and try and swim away, go to page 72. So for people who've ever read a choose your own adventure book, that's actually what it would say right at the end of a little chapter. Like you're staring at the guy who wants the pirate who wants to kill you. Do you pick up a piece of fish and hit him in the head with it or jump off the boat and swim away? So in that way. I want you to create the journey that's most useful to you. You go, let's say that you say, oh, the skill that I need the most to handle this problem I'm facing of these eight that you're talking about would be managing discomfort. I'm really not doing it because it makes me feel so uncomfortable. So I'm going to go to that section. So you go to section, the section that is managing discomfort, which in the ebook is easy because you click, Mm -hmm. but you go to the table of contents and you flip through and you get to managing discomfort. There's two pages as an introduction to that section that explains managing discomfort and how it will make navigating change easier and then there are four exercises and you can do one or all four any order any combination and you get to the end of that section and then you come to my website and you get a free gift for helping you manage discomfort and you get a badge because you finish that section and i ask you a question and then i'm going to come answer your answer and we're re- into it now Right? You're no. feeling like, I get this. Well, so for me, I knew the eight skills I wanted to teach. And so all I had to do when I was in the shower, when I was washing dishes, when I was driving to the hospital to see patients is think like, what could I have people do right then on paper or in their house or in their life and come right back and document that they did it that would strengthen this skill?
0: I- that's amazing wow. because this this is more than a book. It just sounds like an entire immersive experience. So, well, don't got, say
1: that or nobody will get it.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, it starts with the book, though. Can you share maybe an example from your book uh, of right, I'm just gonna one of maybe one of the eight um, lessons or principles, and kind of share with our listeners how how that process works? Kind of lay it out. I would love for you to just give like a little teaser, if you will
1: yeah okay so i just flipped to an exercise exercise 22 it's called find more funny mm-hmm. that's the exercise so this is in the section of the resilience skill finding options so if you want to navigate change uh and come through with the kind of person you want to be one of the eight skills that that makes up your resilience your ability to do that is the ability to find more options think of more paths to get to what you want because the thing you thought you were gonna do isn't working. It's changing mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So you can see there's like two pages on of uh am I wrong? There's three. There's three pages, uh, two pages and a tiny bit, that is the introduction of that section. And then the second exercise says find more funny. And the first thing I explain in every exercise is the purpose. So I say the purpose is to find practice finding options you hadn't considered. And then I explain a little bit. The world's oldest joke dated to approximately 39,000 years ago was a fart joke. (laughs) Humor experts, university professors seriously have collected jokes from every culture and time period. And here's what they've discovered. Most jokes center around whatever a society considers really uncomfortable. Anything that's considered rude, embarrassing, painful, private, personal, or downright disgusting hits the top of the joke list. And if you can combine some of those, it's even better. Humans use humor to build connections, manage our discomfort and find options. And then I explain a little bit about laugh science and how laughter grows our resilience. And then I ask you, what makes you laugh? Think about Um. times you've really laughed. And then I give you some examples. I say, circle the options below that most reliably make you laugh and give some examples and add something at the end that I didn't think of. So cartoons or comics, stand up comedians, who are they? YouTubers, memes, and where did you find them? movies which ones humor, right i've got this long list and then I say what else and I say Okay, so I hope you had to go check some of those and that you've been laughing for a while, while you were doing this exercise. And then I say build your arsenal of humor what else might be hilarious it's time to build your arsenal of activities your journal of jokes your handbasket of humor okay i'll stop think about the three people in your life who love to laugh the most call them right now and ask them where they get their laughs what they watch read listen to when they want to go laugh and so you would call and you interview people person one and where they get their laughs person two person three amazing and then i end every exercise with a few sentences called now what and i bring the reader back to what our purpose was yeah and i give them something to just take this forward and think about it
0: well dr g so i want to ask you before you started writing this book, did you already mm-hmm. have it mapped out that this is how it was going to look, or did it did it take did it take this shape as you were working on it? I'd I'd love to know kind of like how does how does one go about writing such an interactive book with an Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> okay, oh, that's <laughs> really interesting. Okay, uh, can you can you expand so on that? So first
1: of all, I put everything on Google Drive because I'm always afraid my computer's going to crash. So right. I get a Google Drive and I call it a uh, new book. Okay, I don't know what it's called yet, right? Although I am usually a person who thinks about titles and that drives because I feel like a title is a promise. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure I know what I'm promising before I get too deep, whether that's a, whether that's, you know, an online post or a video I'm creating or a presentation I'm doing or a book I'm writing. I have to know what I'm promising before I can keep the promise. So I did think a lot about this title and workshopped it with a lot of people and asked a lot of questions and Then I started creating the spreadsheet. I said, okay, I know I have 10 sections, intro, conclusion, and eight skills, wrote them down. Okay, so what are the things I wanna teach? What are the things I want people to be able to do at the end of it? Like, what's start at the end? What do I want people to feel more comfortable and more competent doing? Okay, now how can I make it fun? Because if it isn't fun, would you do it?
0: Right, right.
1: And only if it was homework for a class you really needed. (laughs)
0: So the, I love the that thing
1: I learned at second city, which is something you and I talked about in our last interview. The thing I learned being in theater is that we learn a lot better when we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. So I tried to make sure there are a few in here that are hard. You know, I ask you about your end of life planning. Oh my gosh. The, wow. The take action section. I ask some hard questions about if the people in your life know what they should do if you die, hmm. right? Like that is
0: deep. I mean, you're going, so, you're going for, for topics that we need to address that we're not comfortable doing so. So it,
1: I, I, because that's the thing I could think of that people least take action on, even though yeah. at some level they know they should. Yeah. And it's fairly universal in a developed country. Yeah. That we know we need some kind of plan for, like, what happens to Grandma's watch and our kids.
0: Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and Dr. G, so getting back to the writing process, how did you find this compared to your your prior books? Did you enjoy? It was this so much book? easier. So much easier. Oh my gosh
1: even though my other books also chapters are two, three, four pages and really written in my voice, lots of em dashes, lots of parentheses, lots of my humor. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if, if my humor does not sit well with you, meaning like if my tell, like it is somewhat self-deprecating some of like, you know, one of the things I say in the book often is, hey, you actually did that. Most people don't do that, you know? You know, I mean, it's pretty unusual way to go the first page of my website, if you link on one of those links, you've got to come and create a login. And it says, you didn't just buy a book. You didn't just read a book. You engaged with a book. Do you know how rare that is? You know? Yeah. So I, I wrote it and my people in my life, who ever pick up one of my books and actually open it, which again, not so common, they say, Oh my gosh, I could hear you in my head. And even though I never mastered voice to text for writing the book. Okay. I tried it. It didn't make it any faster or easier. So I let it go. But for some people it really works. It's totally a narrative style that I'm comfortable with.
0: So it getting to that, are you pen to paper? Are you keyboard? No, or- I'm
1: typing. Oh my I gosh. Just- pen to paper. I wouldn't be able to read it. I'm a doctor. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that the most useful thing for me, my heart, the hardest part for me is not actually writing it to editing because Even though apparently editing makes things better, it's done and done is good. I want to move on. I want to go to the next thing. (laughs) So the perseverance skill, which is one of the skills in resilience Mm -hmm. that landed for me, Yeah. and I talk in that introduction about how one of my biggest perseverance challenges was finishing this darn book.
0: Yeah. And so I want to ask, and did you give yourself a hard deadline? I'm going to finish this by X date
1: yeah i gave myself a, a a stick more than a carrot and the stick was i made a financial commitment to the publisher i kind of self-published this but i hired a company to do the copy editing layout and okay you know actual bring it to market and so i made a deal with them that they would give me a particular price if i got it in in last calendar year and it would be more if it spilled over into 2022. oh interesting. so I, I intentionally put that anvil over my head. So I would get the damn done.
0: And I, if, if I may ask, cause I'm, I'm asking uh, several of the authors this, what, I, what was the calculus in deciding, okay, I'm going to go self-publish as opposed to traditional with, with, a, with, oh, a, it was
1: an easy decision for me because the advantages to traditional publishing, I think are delegating the things that you don't know how to do, or you're right. not good at. It turns out you can do that in the self-publishing world so there was no advantage there the theoretic advantage that they're going to help you market your book they don't Uh i went the traditional publishing route with one of my books and i had to do all the marketing Mm -hmm. so that didn't help at all i wanted i did not write this book to earn lots of money because that's so rare
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but i have a much better shot at making back the time and money i've put into it with self-publishing because i earn more per book my traditionally published book i earned two dollars a book you know i i had three i sold out three publishing runs and had about enough money at the end of it to buy myself a nice steak dinner so there was no financial incentive to traditional publishing and i didn't want to wait 18 months yeah i finished writing this you know i finished writing it in late october and I have it in hand published and sending to people in early March,
0: I know yeah, which is that is more we're, ha- we're having world. this conversation in March, and this is airing in April, so that's a very quick turnaround, so it sounds like and I really appreciate you sharing that perspective. I think you're one of the only authors I've spoken to who's done both. You've done the traditional, you've done the self. so you've you've nicely broken down kind of the pluses and minuses. Um, for someone listening to this, and let's say specifically maybe someone who has this particular expertise, maybe in the medical field, the science field, a business field, and wants to write an interactive book, because I think that has become a much more popular form of book, something that requires more active participation of a reader. Uh, What advice do you have to that person? Do you think they should start out with the Excel spreadsheet? What's kind of your best kind of writing hack here?
1: I think that you have to figure out how you succeed with projects. Don't think, well, I don't know how I succeed with writing a book because I've never written a book. That's may very well be true, but you have other things that you haven't wanted to do that you've gotten done. Your taxes, maybe, <laughs> organizing something or uh, sitting down to write thank you cards for condolences that came in after yeah. the loss of a loved one. I mean, like, think of something that was hard yeah. and you did and figure out, were you the kind of person who had to go on a retreat and lock yourself away in the garage behind your house to get it done with like, pretend I'm not here and no distractions. Are you the kind of person that just had to write one card a night for six months? Like, you know, you're an expert in you. So think about how you succeed and also how you failed. Yeah. Um, There's actually three exercises about this in my book, because if you don't examine what hasn't worked for you, it's really easy to fall into those because either the world tells you it should work. Or, you know, just do a practice of 15 minutes a day. I'm not a practice of 15 minutes a day on anything. I'm a person who doesn't like to have the same schedule every day. I like, you know, even though I'm told just take 15 minutes, everyone get up earlier than everyone else. If you've tried that and it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. Hmm. Don't keep trying to be the person that it works for. Be you Okay. Explore what you are, what you already know about yourself that does and doesn't work and then lean on your skills and. And this is another resilient skill build some connections with people who can support you in whatever that. way it works best for you to be supported
0: i mean this is more than just writing a book i mean you're talking some very important life skills here dr g uh where can our listeners find you
1: so what i would love for people to do if you don't mind i tried something else that's interactive at okay. the beginning of the process uh, i have a game on my okay. site a stress tracker you go to stressed 2 resilient.com and you're going to find there A welcome and a question that asks you about a big change that's on your mind a lot right now and then i'm going to ask you a few questions and i'm going to take you to a page after you put in your email address. That tells you which of where you are on a scale of of one to 10 with your stress and it's going to tell you which of these eight skills would be most valuable to you right now, based on what you're already doing and how you answered these questions and give you two strategies to work on for free. And at the bottom of that is an opportunity to buy the book if it's interesting. Awesome,
0: to you. we're gonna have that linked right in the write-up. In fact, I'm gonna go back to our prior conversation and link it there as well. Thank but you. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And remind our listeners one more time and for our video watchers, if you could hold up the book, the name of your book and where it's available.
1: My book is called From Stressed to Resilient. And it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and if for some reason you want to gift it to a group of people, I've been very lucky that some heads of school I've worked with have wanted to gift this to all of their faculty for teacher appreciation week and even better for me and my goals. uh, Some business leaders have said, you know what We, we want to give this to everybody on our team to to acknowledge the stress they're in and offer some empathy and some strategies, then please reach out to me directly on my site, which is askdrg.com, because I can get a bulk discount that you can't get on Amazon.
0: Awesome. We're going to have that linked in the write-up too. Uh, Dr. G, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back to the podcast, to share your writing journey, but also just talking about resilience and uh, being interactive and being proactive. And this was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, John. And I've so enjoyed it. If you are listening to this and you're not connected to John on Twitter, you got to find him.
0: He's awesome. Likewise, Dr. G. Uh, and and is it, it's Ask Dr. G. Is that your Twitter handle? On Twitter
1: is Ask Doc G. Because, you know, even, even nine years ago, there was some Ask Dr. G out there. <laughs>
0: figure. We'll have that linked in the write-up. And moving forward listeners, you also find the full write-up at bmovingforward.com. This is episode 379. Check out the video. We'll have the video linked in the write-up because there are a lot of great visuals that uh, you may not capture in the audio. So I encourage you to watch this uh, interview and head on over to the site. We'll have that linked in the write-up. And moving forward listeners, we'll be back next week with another episode. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.